You are listening to the Living Well with McKenna Michelle podcast. My name is McKenna, and in this podcast, I'll be talking about all things physical health, mental health, life, holistic living, and everything in between. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I am recording the intro to the podcast, and my wonderful father, Stuart, has come downstairs to greet me and say hello. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the mic over to Stuart to say hello and introduce himself. Hi, this is Stuart Laycock, father of McKenna Laycock, and very nice to meet you all and support my daughter. <laughs> Love you, Dad. So that was my lovely intro with my <laughs> incredible father. Love him. Love that man. He's amazing. So as you can probably tell by the title of this episode, so we're going to be talking about the wise inner parent and the reparenting process. Um, And as I usually have in my episodes, I'm going to have a quick disclaimer. So number one, I'm a holistic health coach, not a therapist. Number two, where I got a lot of this information from is the book Healing Your Aloneness by the two female authors, Erica and Margaret. Um, as well as the holistic psychologist where I get a lot of my information from through her YouTube, Instagram, and her book, How to Do the Work. And then number three, I don't intend for this to take the place of talk therapy or other um, support for your mental health. And I'm sure you can probably assume that this is more just for entertainment, just to open up the conversation around mental health. But it's never been my intention to have this take the place of therapy. So I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I definitely recommend it, especially trying to find the right therapist for you. And I know that can be a really hard journey. I know it was for me and I gave up honestly a couple times, but luckily this past year I found an incredible therapist that we just worked together. We just jived and it took me probably five or six different therapists to find the right one. But once you do, honestly, it has completely changed my life. So if that's something you're interested in, I would highly recommend doing it, but mainly just wanting to put it out there that this is not to take the place of it. It's never been my intention. Self-healing is powerful, but human connection, I would say, is even more powerful. So So now I'm going to get into talking about the six things that we ideally would have learned from our parents in our childhood. And we would have learned this through the parents modeling their own behavior. So, of course, I'm sure that there's more than six things, but I'm just going to mention these six things today. So, number one would be emotional regulation and resilience. And this is the ability to feel a stressful emotional experience or maybe go through just a stressful um, event and then return back to a regulated nervous system state. Number two is all about emotional maturity, and this is the ability to process your own emotions while also holding space for another person's emotional state. And this is something I think I have had to learn as I've grown up is just being able to disagree with someone or have different points of view and come to a compromise without necessarily completely changing my point of view or having the other person change their point of view and respecting the fact that we can disagree and still be okay. And obviously that's going to look different for every situation. There are some things that morally, if you disagree on, it's going to ruin a friendship, a relationship, whatever it is. But I think that that's something that I've really tried to work on is allowing others to feel their emotions while also feeling my emotions and not taking 
their own feelings towards the situation personally and not feeling like I need to get defensive or feel maybe attacked if they disagree with me. Alrighty, and number three is how to be aware of our needs and then find healthy ways to get them met. And so, of course, you could be healthy in this way, but I think it's easy to be on either side of the coin as well, either not even being aware of your needs, not even recognizing that you have them, or on the other side where you're so aware of your needs and then in order to get them met, you're not necessarily doing that in healthy ways. And this, if you are doing that, I feel like a lot of the times that can be unconscious. You're not recognizing that maybe you're getting your needs met in an unhealthy way, um, but that could potentially be a possibility. Number four is how to place, hold, and readjust boundaries and relationships. And I think this goes hand in hand with the last thing I mentioned about recognizing your needs. If you don't recognize that you have needs, I feel like it makes it harder to then place boundaries, hold them, as well as readjust them because you don't recognize what your needs are. Therefore, how can you hold up boundaries if you don't even know what you need? That's just my own point of view on that. Um, But that is something ideally we would learn from our parents is recognizing that we have needs and then being able to either hold your boundaries if it's a super strong need or being able to compromise with someone um, and recognizing the give and take that you can you can give or take. in order to keep that healthy and keep those boundaries healthy without either being too stubborn or too um, too compromising to the point where you give up your own needs. So number five is how to clearly, objectively communicate and how to actively listen. And I think that this goes in combination with being aware of your emotions. And so growing up, if you didn't grow up in a household that maybe talked about emotions or you were just like conditioned to kind of ignore the emotions or push them off to the side. Um, I think it makes it harder to then communicate or at least be able to listen. And this is going to be different for everyone, of course. Um, A lot of it has to do with just the person that you are. But I think with communicating and listening, I just think that takes a certain level of being aware of emotions, being emotionally intelligent and and just yeah being aware of yourself and others um, and then actively making the effort to communicate them and not just keep them keep them inside and the last one number six is how to authentically and consciously create relationships and when I read this I was just thinking about even like both with friendships and romantic relationships I think with French with both honestly it's easy with proximity too to just like kind of either date or become friends with people that are close and just have, you know, surface level, same interests. But I I guess in regards to romantic relationships more too, it's easy to fall into the pattern of, and I'm sure you've probably heard of this, like you look for your father or you look for your mother in your partner. And I think a lot of that comes from unresolved childhood wounds. And I mean, you can even look this up in research and I'm sure you've heard this idea before, but we look to solve those childhood wounds in our relationship and actively act those out and resolve them in our current partners. Um, and so it's, I think that that's so interesting how that works. And um, even I've noticed it in my own relationships and, and my previous relationships, just kind of my patterns, who I tend to be um, attracted to and who I tend to kind of, I feel like I've 
it's been easy, at least for me, and I'll admit it, it's been easy for me to fall into relationships versus being very conscious about who I'm choosing as a partner and who I actively want to be a part of my life versus just being like, oh, like, this feels good. I'm just going to go with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, and as I'm getting older, I'm starting to understand more about what I want in friendships, what I want in my partner, and just who I really want in my life and how I want them to just like, yeah, I guess how I want to actively create the life that I live. And and so much of that has to do with the relationships that you have. And so I think that once again, just speaking for myself, it's been easy for me, at least with friendships, romantic relationships to kind of just fall into whatever's been easy um, versus actively choosing people that I feel like best um, support me and suit me and how I feel like I best support and suit them as well. All right, so now we are getting into the three parts of the reparenting process. And so the first one is all about self-care. And I'm sure you probably know what I'm going to say, but a big part of that is like it's it's so straightforward but just taking care of yourself that is such like that imagine a parent taking care of a child that's exactly what you're doing with yourself your wise inner parent is making sure your inner child is fed it has good sleep has movement has joy like if you were a parent that's exactly what you would want to provide your child and it's the same thing to provide with yourself and so that's going to be eating nutritious foods, practicing boundaries within your relationships. And I mean, think about once again, a child, if if your kid doesn't want to hug, if your kid doesn't want to go hang out with a certain friend because maybe that friend doesn't make them feel good, you're going to listen to your child and you're going to say, oh, like, why, why not? And then if they say, oh, that, that friend doesn't make me feel good, they pick on me. You're like, oh, screw that. Like my child's not going to go hang out with them do the exact same thing with yourself. If you have a relationship that's not making you feel good and this person's making you feel like crap, you're like, "Mm, yep, no, I'm not going to hang out with them. Why would I put myself through that? Like, I'm not going to put my child through that. So it's the same things like that. Prioritizing movement. And I think this is something I kind of want to do a podcast episode on is with exercising, like movement does not mean you need to go run on the treadmill for 30 minutes doing intervals and then do like a high intensity workout and I mean if that makes you feel good amazing do it but I think we have this idea in our exercise world that movement needs to be so intense and I mean for me not saying like I'm the prime person to look up to but for me like I used to be a super intense worker out or lifter person and I it was not working for my body anymore and so now the way I exercise I go on like three mile walks throughout the day and listen to a podcast because that's good for my physical health and my mental health Um, and then maybe I'll do some stretching or maybe I'll do some yoga or you know maybe I'll throw some Pilates in there but just doing things that make you feel good maybe that's riding your bike maybe it is super intense heavy weight lifting but listening to your body for when what your body actually needs versus doing things that, you know, you think would be best for your body versus actually being in tune. If that, I'm, I know that makes sense, but like, yeah, just encouraging the the connection with your body. Another one for self care is connecting with nature. This has been so 
huge for me is just to be outside, especially when it's sunny. And even just like sitting (laughs) as woo-woo as it sounds, like just listening to the wind, listening to the birds chirping. Luckily, like we got loads of birds here. And and just looking at the beautiful trees. Luckily, we have the rolling hills. And just truly like that's why walking and listening to a podcast is my honestly my favorite thing in the world because I feel like it hits so many different points of self-care of being in nature moving my body listening to something that stimulates my mind as well as maybe makes me feel safe with my heart um so yeah connecting with nature conscious awareness this is just having that that consciousness with your mind yourself the things you're doing um proper sleep making sure that you're resting that you're rejuvenating yourself because you cannot pour from an empty cup you can't pull from an empty tank um and then some things to help with this inner awareness and this consciousness is journaling meditation breath work all of that especially the meditation and breath work helps with regulating your nervous system and just helping you slow down, be conscious, be present. And I know like even for myself, like as much as I'm like, yeah, meditation would be so good. I'm not going to lie. Like I definitely don't meditate, not even at close to what I would like, but finding the things that don't feel like a chore. So the things that feel like the low hanging fruit, the things that I feel like I can do that don't feel like a chore are going on a walk and listening to a podcast and yeah that's maybe not the same benefit as meditating but it's doing something to connect with myself to check in with myself and to keep a promise to myself throughout the day so that is the first part of the reparenting process is self-care next one is a loving discipline and so this is all about keeping those small promises to yourself daily so even if it's just one and I think I mentioned this in another episode but like even if that's you know what I'm gonna wake up in the morning and I'm going to have a glass of water because I know that that's good for me or I'm gonna go outside and I'm going to sit outside in the sun you know especially if it's it's sunny wherever you live and I'm gonna get some vitamin d first thing in the morning for five minutes a small promise to yourself just to it's like it's that act of self-love and it it needs to be okay not needs to be but I think it's better if you start out small because then it's like if you it's easy to do and if you set such a big goal and you don't do it like that that doesn't feel good so start off small and do something that feels once again like the low hanging fruit and low hanging fruit if you don't know what that means just means something that is just easy to do it's not this huge thing because change is hard So yeah, keeping one small promise to yourself throughout the day. And then building the foundation of habits and rituals. And so once again, this could look like having a morning routine, having a night routine, or doing like everyone's life looks uniquely different. Um, But having those things that make you feel good and making it part of your habit and ritual. And so once again, for me, that is waking up in the morning and drinking water, especially during summer, that's waking up for me and going outside and getting some vitamin D. Um, And before bed, that's taking a shower every night um, and just having that time to be with myself. And the last one for loving discipline, there are so many things that you could do to you know, have that loving discipline, but a big one is going to be having boundaries and learning to say no to what doesn't serve us. And so that's kind of bringing it back to the self-care when I, when I said, you know, if your child is saying, I don't want to hang out with that person because they don't make me feel good. 
I think as adults, we get we're scared of conflict. We don't want to deal with conflict. We don't want to hurt other people. We also don't want to feel guilty. Um, I think there's so many reasons for why we don't set boundaries or we don't say no or cut the things out that don't serve us. I think there's so many different things for why. And it's learning your specific reason why we don't do that and slowly but surely starting to to have that loving discipline for ourselves to set those boundaries and learn to say no to the things that don't serve us because that is just like it's taking care of your child if your child is feeling just overwhelmed by something or just toxic like it's just not feeling good for the child that's where that wise inner parent comes in and learns how to take care and to set those boundaries for the child because the child can't do it for themselves. The, that's where the the wise inner parent comes in in order to to do the the adult mature thing to take care of that child. And so hopefully you're starting to see how that inner relationship works. And then the last thing for the three parts of the re- reparenting process is joy. And I think this one is so like it's so underrated. And this one is all I mean it probably sounds straightforward, but it's truly just finding play. And doing the things that have no benefit, but just making you feel good. And I think, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but in our society and just how we run as uh, Americans, and I mean, I'm sure it's the same in other countries and, and whatnot, but just our like fast paced, productive, we want to, everything we do, we want to have some sort of benefit from it, whether it's money, whether it's you know, a step up in your career, whatever it is, it, a lot of the times it doesn't feel like the sole benefit is just because it feels good and just because it's fun. And so even if it's once a week for 20 minutes, like I I was talking to one of my clients and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so busy with, with school and taking care of everything else. Like just having one thing a week that you look forward to that you just do for yourself. And so for her, that was playing tennis for myself. It's funny. That was playing tennis. That was trying football. That's planning on going rock climbing and trying a ton of new activities that just make me feel good. Um, And it's not easy, but I think finding those things that just feel fun and feel like play are so important to connect you back with yourself and your inner child. And another one of finding joy is creating human connection. And I think that especially within the pandemic, as we all have found, it's it's been hard to make human connection, especially in person, and also having community. But those things bring so much more joy than we realize. We have so much technology and social media to distract us from real in-person human connection. And I think especially with the millennial and and Gen Z generation, it's like, oh, like, oh man, like someone canceled plans, bummer, like, hell yeah, I got to stay in and like not socialize. And like, yeah, like it definitely feels good to sometimes just veg out and chill and not have to kind of be on, if you will. But human connection is so important and powerful. And I think we just have not I think the past year we've realized the importance of it but it's it is so crucial even if it's just going to the grocery store even but I think finding a community that you feel like you belong to and that you're a part of feeling like you belong is such a powerful feeling this is why 
going even for me like I wasn't into yoga for the longest time and it's not even yeah the movement of yoga feels good but it's it's more about the community the ability to connect with myself and even feel the connection with other people and that we're all there trying to do the same thing like that feels like a good community at least for me so finding community finding human connection that feels good for yourself and your inner child and here's a, there's a couple more things within the joy category. So connecting to your child, like curiosity. Um, yeah, I mean, basically that's what it is. Like if you're curious about something, start to dive into it. Be aware of that curiosity and allow yourself to dig deeper with that. And then cultivating a new hobby. So once again, this is just, I mean, whether it's new sports activities or um, yeah, whatever it is, different hobbies that you find interest in, go for it doing something unplanned and so not always being on a rigid routine, helping someone, giving to someone else. I mean, I'm sure you've recognized this by now, but like helping someone else ultimately makes us feel good. Um, And so doing a little bit more of that, listening to music, maybe dancing, creating something. Your child naturally is playful, curious, creative, has those like just yeah like just wants to do all that stuff so just tapping into that all of those things are going to be huge for that reparenting process and here are the last couple of things activities that you can do to be your own wise inner parent these are the practices that you can start to implement Um, and so one of them could be validating your own reality and your feelings by observing them rather than judging yourself for whatever you're feeling and so for me at least this looks like if I'm in a situation and I am feeling like I I have my feelings hurt or I feel anxious or something rather than being like oh my gosh McKenna like you're so sensitive or like stop feeling so anxious you like weirdo (laughs) like rather than having that self-talk with myself I'm like okay what are you feeling why why did you get your feelings hurt why are you feeling anxious maybe the people that you're feeling anxious around there's something in your past that has taught you to feel anxious around those people because they've hurt you in the past so for me I'll just say with my health issues, I didn't I didn't drink for a long time. And so being around people that drank, especially going to Chico, I associated drinking with people that hurt me and people that judged me because I didn't drink and a lot of people reacted negatively to that. And so now being around people when they drink can be hard for me and that I am trying to re- wire my brain to not associate both of those things and it's not to say that I'll never drink again Um, I have drank you know a glass or two or whatever Um, and I realized okay not everything is going to be it's not black or white people that drink are not going to black out all the time and you know do something that isn't super morally great like I don't know I don't know whatever and it could just be, yeah, I'm going to have a glass of wine with pizza and hang out with my friends. Like it does, it's not black or white. So that's just my own example of not judging my feelings and more so getting curious about them and being like, McKenna, you're safe. It's okay. Like if these people do do something that makes you uncomfortable, remove yourself. And so, yeah, basically just being compassionate towards yourself and being safe, a safe place, safe conversation within yourself versus judging yourself for what you're feeling. 
And the next one, like I said earlier, keeping those small promises to yourself every day and then speaking kindly to yourself when you keep them. So for example, that small glass of water, you drink that glass of water in the morning. Afterwards, you're like, hell yeah, McKenna, you did it. Great job. Love you, queen. You're going to kill it again tomorrow. And then the next one, this this could be something that you might, maybe this doesn't feel like you, but I know I felt weird when I like started to do more of this kind of stuff, but it actually, it made me feel good in the end, but placing your hand on your heart and saying to yourself, I am safe when we're feeling scared, frustrated, or unsure. And so, like I said, for example, like maybe you wouldn't do this, but if I was at a social gathering, people were drinking, I was starting to feel uncomfortable. I might go to the bathroom and take a a minute for myself, put my hand over my heart and say, you're safe. You're okay. Like I got you. We're going to do this. You know, if other people are going to judge you, that's okay. I'll remove you from the situation. And if they don't, amazing. These people are great. So making sure that you take a second when you need and just make sure that you feel safe. That's the most important thing is just being that safe place for yourself because you can look to external people to provide that for you. But and this sounds bad, but like really the, the the main person that you can rely on is yourself. And if you can provide that safe place for yourself, that is incredibly powerful and no one can take that away from you. The next thing that you can practice is pausing throughout the day and asking, what can I do for myself in this moment? This is something, again, I tell my clients is just whether it's like once or twice throughout the day, just pause, even if it's for 20 seconds being like, okay, check in. How am I feeling? Okay, is this, you know, a feeling that I like? Is it a feeling that's uncomfortable? Where is this feeling coming from? And then what what do I need? If I'm, for example, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling sad for whatever, okay, what what's the deeper root of that? Where is that stemming from? And then what do what does my mind need? What does my body need in order to make myself feel better? Maybe I just need to sit with my feelings. Or maybe I need to go out for a walk. Or maybe I need to journal. Whatever that may look like for you. Um, I think it's I think it's nice to check in ask yourself those questions and just get familiar with that talk. Next one is saying no when we do not want to do something. This is once again, boundaries, listening to your inner voice, your inner child for what feels good, what doesn't, what you do and don't want to do. Never like, I think a lot of people would say that if you constantly are doing things and like listening to yourself, that sometimes it can be selfish. But honestly, like if I I just think that that's so weird that if people are going to call you selfish for doing something that you don't want to do because it makes you not feel good, like, I don't know. Like, once again, this is me thinking that people have the best intentions. And so if you just don't want to help your mom, like, with groceries or you don't want to help your friend move because you're lazy, like, that's one thing. But if you're not wanting to go to a party because you're feeling really depressed and you need to like take a bath and journal that night and your friend is gonna be like oh you don't want to come to my party well like you're being selfish like is that the friend that you want that's not going to be compassionate and understanding towards maybe how you're feeling like I don't know just some food for thought I think putting your mental health your emotions first is is crucial okay this is the last 
practice activity that you can do is small acts of self-care. So this is early bedtime, drinking enough water, doing deep belly breaths. So yeah, just kind of going back to the the three things that were important for reparenting. These are just going to be looking after yourself and doing what you need. And I think it's so easy to not get enough sleep, especially if we're working late or not eating healthy if especially if we don't sleep well. When you're sleep deprived, you it you naturally your body reaches for those sugary foods, those more fatty foods, or the calorically dense foods because it's trying to get energy from those foods to um, to supplement or to take the place of the lack of sleep and the lack of actual energy that your body has due to not sleeping well enough, if that makes sense. So if you notice that when you don't sleep good, you start to reach for the not as healthy foods, you're not crazy. Like your body is really needing, you know, or wanting, craving those calorically dense foods a lot of times that aren't as good for us. So that's where sleeping and having all those things in balance. And I know it's not it's not an easy thing to get all those things in balance. And for me, it's a constant process to make sure I'm getting enough sleep, make sure, you know, I'm drinking enough water. That is a constant everyday um, task. But the more you do it, the more in tune you get, the more you're like, oh, I didn't sleep well enough. That's why I'm feeling the, this way today. And I'm going to go to bed early tonight. Take care of myself. deep breath. My throat hurts now after talking for like 45 minutes straight. But this is important stuff. I think that this is all part of the process of becoming more self-aware, starting to take care of yourself. Once again, reparenting yourself, listening to your inner child and knowing how to take care of your inner child with your wise inner parent. And that is going to be it for this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part two of this whole process. Um, I think that the inner child and the wise inner parent reparenting process is honestly something that was the one of the biggest parts of my healing process. Um, I think that it's so easy to quiet our inner child and have that disconnected relationship within ourselves. And I think the process of healing that relationship is so crucial for our mental state, our mental health, and just truly accepting ourselves and being as like cheesy as it sounds, just being kind to ourselves. We are in a world that is constantly like being hard on yourselves and beating yourself up. And it's like, what is that going to do? That's not like, that's literally not going to help. It's just going to make you feel worse. And I know like it's not easy, especially growing up in a society that teaches us to kind of beat ourselves up so it's not easy to change that narrative but we're we're in the process of changing that and there's there's no rush there's no pressure it's not going to be an overnight thing but slowly but surely taking those steps to start to have that better relationship is exactly the right path that you know you could be going down right now and if you are starting to try to have this better self talk I'm so proud of you. A lot of it's hard to do this work. It's hard to change that narrative. I mean, however old you are, I'm 22 years old for 22 years. I've been in this, you know, certain pattern that my, that people and that society has modeled for me and trying to change that, not easy. And so if you're doing it, I'm proud of you. I see you. I'm here for you. And yeah, I'm excited for you. That's the biggest thing is I'm excited for you. So I 
uh, hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something and I am so excited to come back next week for next episode and I look forward to chatting then. Thanks so much. Bye.